Hey, it's Jim Valley and Carrie Mullen from The Best Trip Ever. And we are at what I think is my personal best place ever, Tokyo Disney Sea. I love it. Konnichiwa from Tokyo Disney Sea. So it's been busy. If you've been following our trip online, you can see some of the pictures. Uh, it was very open at Hong Kong Disneyland. It uh, wasn't too bad when we went to a Tokyo Disneyland yesterday, but today has been really busy. Oh my gosh, there must be some sort of ho a holiday that we don't know about in Japan because I don't know why on a Monday it is packed like Christmas time at Walt Disney World it's packed. I mean, we're talking a couple of hours for lines for all of the major attractions. Uh, we were kind of taken by surprise by this. Very much so. I mean, Tower of Terror was out of fast passes for the whole day by 11 o'clock. We got shut out, so we didn't get a fast pass. And the park's open until 10. It's not like it has short hours. Yeah, so it's just one of those things, you know, you can check ahead of time, but a lot of times you never know until you know. If you're in the background right now, I don't know if you can hear some of the ragtime music and some of the people, but we're in line for Toy Story Mania. It's a 90-minute ride, so we figured, eh, we got some time to kill. Sure, why not? None of the other lines are any shorter, and so we figured let's go on a fan favorite, one of my favorite attractions, and go ahead and burn some time. I gotta say, uh, Tokyo Disney Sea. if you've never seen it before, look it up and look at some of the pictures. The detail is, is amazing. The rides are intricate, they're longer, they have a lot of practical effects with audio animatronics that are so articulated. It's, it's just incredible. And so here in line at Toy Story Mania, you know, a lot of times it's kind of shoehorned in at the studios in Orlando. And it, it's a little bit shoehorned in, I feel, at uh, California Adventure. And I was curious exactly how they were going to do Toy Story Mania here at Tokyo Disney Sea. And, it is not shoehorned in. There's lights everywhere. There's wood. There's, uh, how would you describe it? It feels like something like you'd have find on like a Coney Island boardwalk, but without the feeling of California adventure. It definitely has thousands and thousands of white lights. It's really a focus, and the entrance, you walk through Woody's mouth, which is fantastic. Great start to the ride. Yeah, I am impressed by this, just like everything here at Tokyo Disney Sea. You may or may not know, but uh, Tokyo Disney Sea is owned by the Oriental Land Company, and they license the products through Disney, and they have obviously and continue to spare no expense with the attractions. Yeah, we've noticed that. Even the merchandise is quite different than other the, the other parks that Disney owns. Because it's under another licensing, they're going a totally different direction, and it's a nice, fresh spin on it. Another thing we've noticed here with the crowds and talk about attention to detail, apparently around Halloween in September and in through October 31st, they allow you to wear costumes here at the Disney properties in Tokyo. And my goodness gracious, people have responded. This is like being at a Comic-Con. Yeah, well, technically Halloween started here September 8th, and today's only the 11th, so we're just three days in. So people have gone costume crazy. We're jokingly calling it character or cosplay. And frankly, I think we've seen probably a half dozen real characters that are Disney characters, and the rest of them, true cosplay. Yeah, we've been playing a little game show in our mind. Is that person with the park? Are they a character? Or are they a guest? Are they cosplay? And some of them you honestly cannot tell. Oh, we've seen little girls going up to some of the princesses to ask to have their picture taken, and these are not cast members. These are people that are there on holiday as well. 
We have seen incredibly intricate jasmines. We've seen Rapunzel's with amazing hair. We have seen every princess you can imagine, and many of them are just done up to the T. We've also seen a lot of really obscure characters. I've seen the um, three caballeros. We saw two out of the three caballeros today. I just saw the footman for Cinderella's coach. I've seen a couple of the characters when they're off at uh, the... And Pinocchio, I think they're the, the Lost Boys or whatever they call them. I and mean, we have seen some really bizarre characters on this trip. And they're really, really intricate. Yeah, I think that's Peter Pan, but Peter yes. Peter Pan. Yeah. We've also seen some uh, interesting takes on characters on the subway, on the train here, I should say. We saw steampunk Donald and Daisy Duck. And I couldn't believe how intricate those costumes were. It's about a good 90 degrees and probably about 85% humidity, and they are wearing full-on costumes. They've got to be melting. We've seen a lot of groups here dressed up together with matching shirts, and like we'll see like a roving group of Cinderella's or you'll see everyone with matching headbands and they'll be the Dalmatians or what have you but so many creative costumes I love all of the different ways that people are expressing themselves here at Tokyo Disney Sea. I keep joking I want to be Ariel no I want to be Ariel no I want to be Ariel so you know what the whole group of girls they're all Ariel. Yeah I'm pretty sure they called each other. <laughs> I think so. So let's talk about what makes Tokyo Disney Sea stand in my mind head and shoulders above every theme park that there is. And I think number one is, is the detail. Uh, when you come in, you walk through, and it, it's, it will just take your breath away. Oh, they spare no expense either. I mean, you just see every single, you know, kind of windowscape and lighting and display that's possible, and they're not cutting any corners whatsoever. I, and so you walk in and you see the volcano and you see all of the Italian theming from uh, the, ho what's the name of the hotel? The Hotel Miracosta, which is their luxury product here at Tokyo Disney Sea. Yeah, so uh, the, the first part, I'm forgetting, I'm blanking on the name of the first land, the Italian area, the land. Um, I can't the recall. Coast. The coast. Yeah, it's the... I want to see a map if you have it. I can look it up, but we... we yeah. And I think really the biggest draw is when you first walk through the gate and you get that world that's spinning on the fountain. And right now, since it's nighttime, it's lit up and it's absolutely stunning. Yeah, it's like a full globe and it rotates and it has water going through it. It's, it's just amazing how how gorgeous everything is here. But uh, the first land, Mediterranean coast, I, I'm sorry, Mediterranean Harbor, I should have should have looked ahead, but the Italian theming is, is just amazing as you walk through and they've got an Italian restaurant and they've got the boats and it just like, it just feels like something like out of a book. Like, it look, well, it's definitely something right out of Venice. You can even take a Venetian canal boat ride. The transportation sources are incredible here. We have a picture from 10 years ago of us taking the canal boat and we have to tell people, no, no, that's not Venice. That was in Tokyo, all places. We've yet to go to Venice and we've never been on a, never been on a gondola except here in Tokyo. So it's, it's absolutely amazing. Another world that I forgot about, or I didn't forget about, but I just forgot how amazing it is, is the Arabian coast. Oh, that was fantastic. That's where, of course, my favorite attraction is. Sinbad and his touring. It's like, you know, I'm a big fan of, of Small World, so imagine that elevated with hundreds of audio animatronics and the story of Sinbad. It's phenomenal and a great storyline and great music to go with it. Yeah, the voyages of Sinbad, and it's just incredible. 
Uh, like you said, it's very much in the vein. You're in a boat, sort of like Small World, and the characters, the animatronics are about the size of the Small World characters, but they're fully articulated. Their mouths sing, their eyes blink, their eyebrows move. They have one woman, who, one of the characters, a female, who's a belly dancer, and her arms just move in this enchanting way. It's incredible. I'm amazed how the giant, who is truly giant, his eyebrows move. Each one moves independent of itself. That's what fascinates me the most of all, is the detail. And he goes through all of his adventures, and each scene has got a wow factor to it. Whether it's the giant, or a flying book, or this incredibly articulated and detailed whale that they ride on. It's just... It's a spectacular ride, and I'm kind of amazed sometimes that more people don't talk about it, but I love the voyages of Sinbad. Well, and I was also happy today because it was one of the few that was a fairly short line, so we actually rode it two times in a row. Just And it's long, too. It's like a 10, 12-minute ride. It's very long and well worth it. You don't want it to end. That's what I love about this place. Uh, you know, For example, you go to Universal, and they've got like King Kong or whatever, and it's all a screen with glasses. There's so many rides that are screens with glasses. And I feel like this park always does it right. The rides are longer, they're detailed, and they're just so thought out. And even the song for Sinbad is great. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're saying exactly, because 99% of it's in Japanese, but it's sure fantastic and a lot of fun. Yeah, I love, I love that. Also, there's a Port Discovery. And we got to ride uh, Aquatopia, which is one of the uh, fun little uh, gems that they have here. Imagine if you were on Autopia, but you're floating on the water, but it's on a magnetic track. So we're spinning around in these very cool kind of steampunk looking vehicles. And because it's a hot day, they warn you, you will get wet. And I was thrilled to get wet. So happy about that. Yeah, you can't tell where you're going. It takes you on its own and you almost run into people but you never do and you zip around it's really just a whimsical little attraction oh it's fantastic and i got a good good kick out of watching the other people riding it with their towels and their washcloths trying to cover themselves up when we're the opposite we're like bring on the water yeah. i want to cool off yeah i don't understand there's some people literally with like a tiny washcloth over their head like i don't know what good that does but more power to you also in Port Discovery, probably I think the newest attraction here at Tokyo Disney Sea, it's the brand new Nemo attraction, which it is a simulator, but I love it. It's Nemo and Friends Sea Rider. Well, and I think the only reason we got a fast pass for it is because we had the time and we figured why not get one and we're like, okay, let's see how it's going to be. But I loved it. Even though it's a simulator, I didn't have to wear glasses, which always makes me happy. It's delightful. It uh, it replaces the old, I think it was called the Storm Tracker or Storm Chaser. We rode that before. It was kind of an unremarkable simulator. So uh, the, the story of this, and it's all in Japanese, so mm -hmm. we just kind of got the gist of it. Uh, you get in the, uh, the uh, what's it called again? The uh, Sea Rider. The Sea Rider vehicle. So you get in the Sea Rider vehicle and there's some sort of material that the vehicle's made out of where they can shrink you down to the size of a fish, and so you interact with Nemo and his friends. All the characters, and one of the interesting things is usually when you're in a simulator, all your action is forward. They actually have, up near the ceiling on both sides, they have panes, which are supposed to be windows in your sea rider, so you're seeing the characters, like Crush, swimming by. And so it's great when they're grab shell dude in Japanese, you feel like you're actually grabbing on. It's just the sweetest ride, and it recreates some of the scenes in the movie. So you're going down the, uh, what's it called? The high. The, the jet stream. Yeah, the, the jet the stream. stream. Yeah. 
it's been so long, forgive me if I forget the uh, jet stream, but you see Crush and you see all of your favorite characters, all your favorite characters from Finding Nemo. And, you know, as we've mentioned many times, we're a little burned out on simulators, but this was just delightful. Oh, I would go on that again, definitely. And there's yeah. very few simulators I want to go on again. It's a closed environment, just like your Star Tours, but it felt like because you're supposed to be underwater, it had like the elegance, I felt, of Soren. Absolutely. I think it was the angle of the way that the simulator was set up, too. The seats were a little more terraced, so you kind of were at an angle as you were moving down through the storyline. There's also the Lost River Delta, which has the uh, Indiana Jones ride, the Crystal Skull, which is very similar to the ride in Anaheim, the Indiana Jones ride there. And then the Raging Spirits, which is a roller coaster. It does a 360-degree loop. It's it's not quite a Mad Mouse, but it's one of those tightly contained mine car roller coasters. Yeah, we'll get on that probably tomorrow. Their lines were long on that one today, and we didn't make it onto it. It's very similar, I feel, to the Indiana Jones roller coaster in Paris Disneyland. Uh, looks identical to it. Very similar. But not my favorites, but still, there's still good rides in the in the Lost River Delta. And right now, of course, we're at the uh, uh, the American Waterfront. We mentioned we're in line for Toy Story Midway Mania, and I'm excited to ride that. I'm sure it's very similar, but it's still still a lot of fun. There's also the cruise ship here. Is it officially called the Queen Mary? I think it's the Columbia, if I recall. Yes. SS Columbia. The SS Columbia. Inside there is the Teddy Roosevelt Bar, which we've been in. And that's gorgeous. All the carved wood, and it pays homage to the hunter, Teddy Roosevelt, former president and hunter, Teddy Roosevelt. It looks like a place where he'd go after a, after a day of sport. Lots and lots of restaurant options. Believe it or not, where we chose to have lunch today, it was early and we could get in the New York Deli. I actually had a bagel and cream cheese and lox and shrimp and avocado today for lunch. Something right out of Delancey Street in New York City. How was it? It was quite good, surprisingly. I had the Reuben, which was also good. A little bacon on there. The sauce was nice. and They were also serving beer. It looked like they had a bar set up I thought it was cute it had it had like a like a stage door a theater theme so you'd see Shakespearean costumes hanging on the wall and scripts and things but it seemed like like old Broadway like from the turn of the last century definitely lower ice east side feel what I really enjoy about all the food options is, is that they kind of put their own spoon on things today today I went to buy a churro and it was a potato churro another place was serving beer but they were serving ice cold beer with a frozen top on it. So it's kind of like you put a frappuccino on top of a beer. So they've got their own spin on things at each of the various stands and restaurants. Now they used to have a cart where Carrie bought the potato churro that used to sell gyoza. Yeah. And according to a special we saw, it was very popular to wait in line for this gyoza, but now they have the potato churro there. And that's all they have there. But we did see a really special, they have a lot of seasonals because it's Halloween, so they have a lot of special foods. We saw a Queen of Hearts gyoza that is literally black and red. Jim thought it was the packaging, but that was actually the outside of the gyoza. And it is like deep red and black. Very much something Queen of Hearts. It didn't look too appetizing, but people seem to be enjoying it. More power to them. I guess there's another thing that's part here in the uh, American waterfront and in Port Discovery. It's a connector that we rode, the Disney Sea Electric Railway. Oh, I love that. I like it because you're sitting above it and you get some great shots. 
but it's truly an electric railway and it goes from one part of the park to another. It's a one-way trip. Again, it reminds you of the early 1900s, late 1800s uh, with, you know, it, so it looks, it's, it's an elevated train, so it almost looks like an old L line. Exactly. It very much looks like something right out of America. They've done a great job with all the theming by land and because it's night right now, everything's lit up in white lights and it's just stunning. I just, this place never ceases to amaze me and to me this is the number one theme park in the world and my favorite place to go. I just, I never get tired of it. But probably my favorite place in all of Tokyo Disney Sea is right in the center, sort of the icon I feel of the park and that is Mysterious Island where it's inside a volcano. Yeah, that's one thing. When you come in, you can't... I mean, that's probably why you kind of forget about Mediterranean Harbor when you first enter, is because you see this volcano, and it's lit up, and it's steaming, and there's ride cars coming out of it, and you think, what is that, and I need to be there. That is Journey to the Center of the Earth, and it's probably my favorite ride in the entire world. It's right up there with me. It is phenomenal. Why don't you tell them what it looks like? So, as you, it is a journey to the center of the Earth, and it's not based on anything as far as I know, but the idea is that you get into these cars that have a drill, like, on the front of them, and you go down this pathway, and again, sort of a steampunk look, sort of a weathered metal, and uh, again, sort of a 1900, late 1800 vision of the future. And you go down this pathway deep down into the core of the world. And the deeper you get, the stranger things get. You know, maybe you recognize a few mushrooms or what have you up at the top. But the deeper you get, the more bizarre things get. And the lighting gets eerie and things start to glow in the dark. And before you know it, these big creatures kind of poke out from behind things. they got these big eyes. These mysterious creatures are looking at you. And there's all kinds of unusual flora and fauna. There's even a lightning flash. It's, I just love the theatrics. I love the effects, the music. It just puts you into the scene. And it's not just a dark ride. It's a roller coaster. And actually, you pick up speed and you get shot from the center out the top of the volcano at a nice rate of speed. And it's a really, really smooth coaster finish. I just love it. There's also, of course, they always have a big ending where you see a monster and the lava monster comes at you. And he's even cooler than I remember. He's a lot cooler than I remember. <laughs> I loved it. He's detailed. He's articulate. And again, it was, it's just my favorite ride. It, it didn't disappoint. I've been looking forward to coming back for 10 years. And I think, honestly, I think it was even better than I remember. Yeah, I'm so glad we got a fast pass for that one because the wait times on that one has not been under 120 minutes all day today. And the other big attraction inside Mysterious Island is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which is probably my second favorite ride. Even sometimes I think... It's my first favorite ride, and just like Journey to the Center of the Earth, we hadn't been on it in 10 years, and you know, 10 years is a long time for it rides. It's a long time. I've noticed a lot of rides get kind of rattly and run down. Well, and also technology changes. And, you know, there's, there's so much technology, especially the last 10 years when you think about it. But this ride, it, uh, the car hangs down, 
as sort of like Peter Pan does when you ride the Peter Pan ride, only you're inside this enclosed submarine-type vehicle, and you've got this bubble window that you look out, and I'm pretty sure you're not underwater, but they make it look like you're underwater. Oh, wow. I mean, you think about when you go on the submarine ride at Disneyland and you are underwater, but they still have the bubbles going by the window. This is a full, probably, three-by-three three round window in front of you with thousands and thousands of bubbles going by. And the way that the car tilts, it makes it feel like you're diving deeper and deeper into the ocean. It's phenomenal. Yeah, one of the things they've done here is they've, they tell you a lot that they don't allow taping flash photography or taping something that has a bright screen, which is, which is a good thing, I think. I'm really glad because there's nothing worse than being on a dark ride and the person in front of you is taking selfies or FaceTiming with somebody or fixing their hair and it just really distracts from the situation. So this ride, uh, we probably didn't get very good footage of it. I tried to use my action cam to try to get some shots, so we'll see if that worked or not. But it's really dark, so sorry if we don't have a lot of pictures of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, but it is an incredible attraction. Yeah, we'll be riding that one again for sure. So all in all, we've been waiting 10 years to get here, and I would say that this does not disappoint. Not at all, it's a pretty, way to, pretty great way to spend our eighth wedding anniversary too. Yay! Uh, one more ride, probably the most popular ride in the park, is the Tower of Terror. Correct, and it is the prettiest and the coolest looking attraction I think you'll see anywhere in the world. It is serious detail. If you notice from the pictures, you'll see that it doesn't look like any of the Tower of Terrors, whether you're talking about the uh, Avengers attraction, or if you're talking about the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. By the way, right now, as we are, you should get a picture of this. Um, as we are talking right now, we're in line, as we mentioned, for Toy Story Mania. It's been raining. There's a gentleman here who's wiping down the benches in line. And he has a squeegee with him. Arigato. Arigato. Well, he, that's one of the things we were called from the last time we were here, is that it had rained one day. And there was a woman who was out, a cast member, who was wiping down the mud puddles with white towels. And again, he's wiping things down with white towels. It's just that service and attention to detail that I love every time we've been here. It's just amazing. But, so getting back to the Tower of Terror, this is not the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. It's not the Avengers, but it's the Tower of Terror where you are, I think, you're Harrison Hightower or Henry Hightower. Anyway, you're, you're a stuffy explorer, sort of like Dr. Livingston from the movies. And he has brought back a tiki, a mysterious idol. And the idol is one of his many treasures. As you look around, you'll see masks from different tribes and different artifacts from all of his travels around the globe, and particularly in the deep bowels of Africa, deep down in the jungles of Africa, some of the things. And he just discovered this tiki, this idol. Sound a little familiar, maybe like Mystic Manor with a music box? Or the Brady's when they went to Hawaii? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, the uh, explorer Hightower, he has this tiki and then you're supposed to go on a tour of his mansion, and that's when everything goes wrong. Yeah, I can't wait to get back on that. Tomorrow morning, we're getting up bright and early, and we're hightailing it to that, because that ride has averaged 150 minutes all day long. Like we mentioned, the fast passes were gone immediately, but 
It is like no other Tower of Terror in the world. I, the queue is incredible when you get in line, all of the detail, all of the artifacts that they've acquired, and then even the special effects on the ride are incredible. Oh, and at night, like we were out standing outside of it, and there's lightning coming off of it. It's phenomenal. It's so incredible, and I can't imagine Disney ever doing it anywhere else because it's so over the top. And again, I think it's just an example of the attention to detail that they have here at Tokyo Disney Sea and why it's my personal favorite theme park in the world. I think it's I think it's my favorite place in the world. Yeah, I think I, it's one of those things when you've been there and all you have is really great memories, you're almost apprehensive to return because you're not sure if it's ever as good as you remembered. But 10 years later, it's better than we remember. It is better than we remember. And the detail of Tower Terror, the tile work, and just everything on it is, is incredible. And I think it's a nice centerpiece I think for uh, for Tokyo Disney Sea. Yeah, it's been a really great day. As crowded as it may be, it's been a great day. There have been a lot of really fun attractions. We've got to ride a couple of them a few times. We've gotten to take thousands of great photos, and it'll be fun to go back and reminisce through them. Yeah, we shot some video too, and it has been it. It's been much busier than we'd hoped. We haven't ridden as many rides as often as we hoped, but. As far as being busy, I've just really enjoyed looking at all the detail. That's that's what I've tried to placate myself with and tried to keep a positive attitude. Hey, at least there's a lot of interesting things to look at and you never know what you're going to discover. Yeah, and when you need to cool off, you can hop on Aquatopia. Yes. So, big thumbs up about Tokyo Disney Sea. If you can ever make it here, absolutely try because it is the gem of all of the Disney parks as far as I'm concerned. Yep, uh, I would definitely call this the best trip ever.